Welcome to this Asia Global podcast, brought to you by the Asia Global Institute at the University of Hong Kong. I'm your host, Alejandro Reyes, the Institute's Director of Knowledge Dissemination. In our programs here in Hong Kong and online, and in the content that we produce, we focus on presenting Asian perspectives on global issues. Each week, we publish Asia Global Online, a digital journal on global issues. We also release Asia Global Papers, policy research by leading academics and specialists in Asian and global affairs. We regularly convene a Global Thinkers Speakers Series and an annual Asia Global Dialogue, a gathering of business, government, academic, and civil society leaders. Finally, we have the Asia Global Fellows Program that brings to Hong Kong mid-career professionals and policy experts, emerging leaders from across the world for three months of interaction and experiential learning about the region. Follow the Asia Global Institute on social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube, and visit the Asia Global Institute website to sign up and receive our news and information, including the weekly Asia Global Online Journal. This podcast is part of our Meet the Author series, where we have a conversation with contributors to Asia Global Online and other publications of the Institute. Joining me now from Guangzhou is Dr. Chen Xi, Adjunct Associate Professor at the Global Health Institute of Xi'an Chao Tong University. In an article on Asia Global Online, Dr. Chen writes about the China-US geopolitical and technological geotech competition and the stresses that the COVID-19 pandemic are now placing on this tense relationship. He writes that it is hardly surprising that Washington is adopting stringent sanctions against Huawei technologies and other Chinese companies in the run-up to the US presidential election in November. He argues that any accelerated decoupling of the US and Chinese economies is bound to have serious implications for the trading, technology, and financial partners of both nations. And he stresses that there are opportunity costs for both countries to reject collaboration. Chiefly, they will not be able to work together to address global problems such as the pandemic and climate change that patently require the cooperation of the US and China if they are to be resolved. This, Dr. Chen concludes, is the overarching global challenge that both countries should focus on. So thank you, uh, Chen Xi, for joining us from Guangzhou. Welcome, welcome to Asia Global thank Online. You. Uh, so Chen Xi, uh, uh, you know, uh, can, we, can we talk a bit about this collaboration, why uh, you, you know, you think that it's more important for the U.S. China, the U.S. and China to collaborate, and why you think it's actually um, uh, uh, that there would actually be issues if they didn't. You know, you 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 write very clearly that the logic is on the side of collaboration. So so tell tell us why why you see that. Um. 
I would like to uh, um, understand your question like why um, I'm thinking they, they could be uh, collaborating with each other. Um, actually, uh, as I have presented in my article, um, it could be based on three reasons um, following. Uh, first, uh, the global challenges, I mean, uh, need their collaboration from global health, climate change, uh, cyber security, data regulation, terrorism, the training system, and the recovery of the economy. Um, on the other hand, they share the common interests in existing supply chain, uh, as I have uh, demonstrated in my articles. Chinese market contributed 47.8 percentage. It could be 11 Point six billion U.S. dollars turnover for Qualcomm, and uh, Huawei imported um, eighteen point seven billion U.S. dollars from U.S. market uh, last year. Second, it's normal to transfer some industries to the domestic markets, such as medical resources, for national security consideration when the I mean, especially pandemic outbreak. Besides, we can see not all the people benefit from the globalization. We need a reform for the global trade system and strengthening the global governance for a more equitable resources allocation system rather than completely decoupling. So second reason is like, just like that. Uh, it's not a strange. Yes. Third, yeah. Yeah. Go, the economy. Okay. The third, third reason is that the economic growth will be slower for the next decades years due to the limitation of technology advancement. As I have said, I don't think 5G is a revolutionary breakthrough in the history. Maybe, six, maybe 6G. Correspondingly, more unemployment and social protests can be seen globally. The pandemic just accelerates this progress without a collaboration between China and the U.S. Even the U.S. cannot get rid of the domestic challenges, especially more jobs creation. So I have presented the rooted causes for the bilateral parties to promote collaboration. Currently, we can see a lot of arguments or quarrels from diplomatic departments to civil institutions between them. It's not weird. We know U.S. needs this as the outcome of inside economic and political pressure, especially the presidential election is approaching. Next year could be a bit better next year. I think as long as the uh, realistic, I mean, as long as the leaders of China and the U.S., they are realistic and reasonable. They will start to negotiate with each other. So no need to worry about it. When we rememberize the episode long years later, we will find it's just one of the special periods between great powers in the history. I mean, not that strange. Interesting. Now, uh, of course, uh, do you think a lot of that depends on who wins the presidency in the United States, or it, it, you don't think would would that make a difference whether you have a second Trump administration or a, a Biden presidency, or are we essentially 
going in the same, it will, it will be going in the same direction regardless. Yeah. It, it wouldn't matter. So, um, so you think, so you mean, so you think it, um, it's a big topic for, for the, for these times, right? <laughs> right, I suppose. Well, okay. but, but let, let me ask you a, a different question then. Um, you know, right now, the momentum appears to be more towards the decoupling. And that's the rhetoric that we hear. So what are the consequences if there is no co collaboration? What, what, what are the losses that you see? You, you've written about the sort of opportunity costs of not collaborating. Oh, yeah. So um, actually, for most uh, researchers, they will be talking, oh, OK, it's a big issue. I mean, China and the US competition. Um, initially, I agree with them. But if we consider like this, I mean, uh, you this question just like uh, the other side of the previous uh, question. I have answered that they have to collaborate. And um, first, more global challenges will be out of control. For example, more poor people in developed countries, in developed countries, and um, almost all the people in developing countries will suffer from the pandemics, geological disasters, personal information le leakage, terrorism, and the loose jobs, and a slower economic growth world. More multinational companies will invest less to the research and the development department. Correspondingly, less innovative technologies emerge. It's just like a reciprocal causation better regions cause the better consequences and the second. Second, higher costs will be paid by US companies without an efficient global trade system. Chinese suppliers cannot be replaced. Not only their relative low costs, but also high qual qualities of the parts of ICT, car making or even cutting edge scientific researches in bio biology Pharmacy, physics, chemistry, or mechanical engineering. The cost will be taken by the US average people. Third, a stable regime relies on a stable job creation. So that's the US. Similarly, a stable global order relies on a stable global collaboration to fight with the common challenges, not only in greater powers themselves, but also developing countries. The absence of the global collaborations, the whole world, surely, including China and the US, will take the cost. Who wins? Politicians. But the economy, <laughs> science, and the most people worldwide lose. So I don't think, I mean, the world will be approaching to this direction. If In other words, you, you really see no alternative but the collaboration. That's really your, your, your point. Um, the leaders, they are smart. I mean, even President Trump, I'm, I'm, I'm talking, he's smart. Or the next president, he's smart. I don't think the world will be like this. Now, um, I, I think what's very interesting about your background is you really do quite a lot. You're, you're, you're an expert on smart city planning, uh, on this geotech issue. Uh, you're at the Global Health Institute. You were working at ZTE. Um, now, 
tell us a bit about your background and your many, many interests and many roles. You, you wear a lot of different hats. So it's, 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 it's very interesting, your, your career. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting question. Uh, <laughs> I have different uh, uh, academic education and uh, pragmatic working experience. Uh, from PhD study, postdoc, uh, researcher, a re a senior visiting fellow, adjunct professors in a, a lot of academic institutes and a leader in a multinational company. I benefit from uh, my diversified and systematic training from philosophy, ecology, smart city, enterprise, strategy, geopolitics, and public health. I have to say people always cannot predict what they will meet. So actually, I have no concrete plan for for this originally. I mean, I cannot plan that uh, when I was uh, 25 or 30, I don't know. So just following the needs of the times, uh, which had a lot of challenges and surprises. Um, now it's a mixed life, academic research and business practices. I mean, that's my life. Now, uh, I'm studying why the absence of the global collaboration to fight with the COVID-19 pandemic, unlike Ebola or AIDS. We cannot explain it just based on um, science or public health policy, but a hyper-securitization and a greater power rivalry, so that geopolitical, geo uh, technological competition. So generally, my researches are now are more relating with global health and the geotech competition. I'm also leading smart city planning globally to promote a regional integration based on um, an integration like uh, industry governance, uh, information and the communication technology and a multilateral collaboration. That's my part of pragmatic business. Uh, Interesting. Activities. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're a bit of a renaissance man in that regard. Um, uh, no, 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 it's not a start. I mean, uh, I mean, yes, I'm doing uh, in both academic researches and the pragmatic business and aims at promoting global collaboration rather than encouraging global rivalry. Uh, I just, I'm just thinking uh, I can use all what I, I have to promote this goal. Um, and I, I also have to collaborate with a lot of smart guys worldwide in the US, Singapore, Europe, or Japan, or South Korea. Uh, yes. Um, and here in Hong Kong. Uh, <laughs> now I'm working with another smart guy in Hong Kong, Riest. Now, uh, Chen Chi, uh, uh, one last question, because um, you know, you're in Guangzhou. Uh, tell us a bit your, about your COVID-19 experience in terms of uh, self-isolation. How did, how did that go? Uh, in terms of uh, your experience in, in Guangzhou? Um, during the pandemic, actually, I mean, I stay at home. I mean, everybody have to stay, uh, has to stay home. Um, um, this community, I mean, my home, I mean, a seaside community in Nansha, the south end of Guangzhou city, pretty close to Hong Kong. It could yeah. be 1.5 uh, hours by cruise. And not a, but not many residents live here during spring festival in January or February. So it's not very much affected. But the most families here, uh, maybe the differences just are the foods. I mean, a bit uh, expensive, but not much. 
and um, everybody must wear fast, uh, face mask go outside. Initially, it's not easy to find face masks, but soon most people can access to face masks provided by the government. In general, um, I mean, generally speaking, it's quiet and peaceful as usual. People feel sad when the watch TV showed a lot of victims in China and the world. Politics is always sophisticated. However, during the disasters of public health and climate change, politics should collaborate with the scientific community. It's not easy, but we can have a try to, to hand in hand. Oh, it, it's sad for the human being in the 21st century, just like you and me, I mean, Rias. We are collaborating. I mean, that's the word we have to leave, uh, not, the way, not the word that we have to fight. Yes. Now, uh, everything's reopened now in Guangzhou and everything is uh, coming back to normal a bit in Guangzhou? Or? Um, generally speaking, it's normal. I mean, sometimes you can, you can see some people, they are wearing face mask. And uh, when you, I mean, and, uh, take the bus, uh, you have, I mean, the bus drivers need to test uh, your temperature. Oh, right. Okay. And uh, everybody, maybe not everybody, but most people, they will wear face mask. I mean, it's good. I mean, it's not popular in China uh, previously. I mean, now uh, it's a good habit uh, for, for Chinese people and even for the, uh, for the worldwide. Uh, so in Guangzhou, maybe... The, Maybe, I mean, mo uh, many restaurants now, they are closed, you know. Not many people will uh, eat outside. Maybe they will have dinner or lunch at home. So um, generally speaking, uh, normal as usual. Yeah. I'm, think I'm thinking that life now is peaceful. Well, thank you, Chen-Chi. It's uh, lovely to have you join us from Guangzhou. Thank you again for your contribution to Asia Global Online. And uh, we uh, look forward to uh, seeing you again soon. So thank you. Uh, please read Chen Shi's article on, uh, through the link uh, below um, and subscribe to Asia Global Online. Thank you very much for joining us.